Welcome to the Comic Web Superman Old Time Radio Podcast, where each week we bring you an exciting radio episode from the early years of the Man of Steel. The Comic Web sells old time radio programs and comic books. Comic Web also offers two other podcasts. One is a variety of old time radio programs, and the other is a video podcast of old movie serial cliffhangers. You can find them on our website, comicweb.com, or just type Comic Web into iTunes and you should find them. Now just sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Superman. Thank you. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another world who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who could change the course of mighty rivers, bend the steel in his bare hands. And who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. But before we join Superman, here is an important message. Yes, fellows and girls, here is an important message for you. A message direct from our fighting marines from the Solomon Islands, echoed by our blue jackets on the high seas, by the boys who wear our army and navy wings, our tank troops in Africa, our commanders in England. In fact, by every man in the American armed forces, no matter where he may be. And here's the message. We're going to win this war, they say. We're going to wipe Hitlerism and fascism off the face of the earth. We've taken on the job, and we're going to see it through, but we can't do it alone. We can't do it without the help of every boy and girl and every man and woman back home. Now, we know the one way we can help those boys fight this war to a victorious finish is to see that they get all the guns and tanks and ships and planes they need. But those things require an awful lot of money, and that's where you and I come in. We help our government to buy those war materials by lending them our money, by buying all the war stamps we possibly can as often as we can. And for the duration, let's pledge ourselves to do without those things we'd normally buy, things we can well do with us, so that vital materials will be used for the manufacture of war goods. And the money we save may be turned into war-saving stamps to help pay for those goods. So let's promise to ourselves right now. Let's promise to buy war-saving stamps daily as often as we can. Remember that every dime is important. Because ten cents will buy five forty-five caliber bullets to be used by our soldiers, sailors, and marines. Five dimes will buy enough fuel oil to take an American destroyer one full mile closer to its objective. And a dime a day from all the fellows and girls in the United States will buy enough fast pursuit planes to blast Hitler's Luftwaffe right out of the sky. So start right now to do your share to help win this war. Remember, every time you've got a dime, buy a war-saving stamp. And now, the adventures of Superman. When Superman and his guise of Clark Kent and Lois Lane girl reporter decided to accompany editor Perry White into the wilds of northern Canada things began to happen. The purpose of the trip was to investigate an urgent letter White had received from an old friend of his, Sebastian Beauvais, owner of a hunting lodge in the Hudson Bay region. In the letter, Beauvais begged White to come to his aid at once, though he did not explain the nature of his trouble. While purchasing some necessary clothes in a sporting goods shop, Perry White was almost killed by a man who fired a rifle at him. The man, whose name was Kilrain, claimed that he did not know the rifle was loaded. But Kent, suspecting Kilrain, followed him to a penthouse apartment in a very fashionable part of town. Dropping his reporter's disguise, he confronted Kilrain in the penthouse apartment as Superman. 
Gervais seemed mortally afraid of awakening someone whom he said was asleep in another room and begged Superman to keep his voice low. Gripping Kilrain's arm, Superman tried to force a confession out of him. Listen. Why did you fire that rifle at Perry White? Answer me. I can't tell you. He'd do things to me. Who would do things to you? The laugher. The laugher? Yeah. He's called that because... Hey, wait. Did you... Did you hear someone moving? Yes. Someone moved in the next room. Then he's awake. Half an hour before his usual time. We woke him up. You and me. We did it. Oh, you sound as if it was something to be worried about. Oh, you don't know the laugher. He's always laughing, but... We shouldn't have woke him up. Nothing makes him mad. Doesn't matter. <gasps> Hello, laugher. <laughs> well... I've witnessed some amusing scenes in my time, but this is the artist. What a singularly queer picture to be confronted with when one is just wakened from a deep slumber. I didn't mean to wake you, Laffer. This guy comes through the window and almost breaking my arm trying to get me to tell him something. I forgive you, Kilrain. Such is my pleasure at witnessing so strange a scene that I feel generous. Sir, I know not who you are, but uh, you and your costume amuse me mightily. <laughs> I hope you're not offended. Offended? Certainly not. I'm, well, sort of a little surprised, that's all. Surprised? What do you mean? At the reception you've given me. You see, Laffer, or whatever you're called. Laffer. That is the name. Well, you see, Laffer, I have amazed people, astounded them, sometimes even intimidated them. But I don't ever remember amusing them. This is the first time I've ever been laughed at. And it distresses you? Oh, well then, sir, forgive me. I would not hurt you for the world. The truth is, it is my good fortune to see everything in an amusing light. Even funerals, sir, make me laugh until my chins quiver like jelly in a jar. <laughs> oh, you seem puzzled, sir. A bit baffled. Oh, I'm not baffled. It's just, well, just as you find me amusing, I find you a little queer. <laughs> I've never met anyone like you. I'm not adverse to being considered unique. Come, sir. I have criticized your costume, told you what I find you amusing. Tell me what you think of me. You remind me of a frog. A puffed-up, bloated, unhealthy frog. <laughs> that fat face of yours with its triple chins and its gray color, your mountainous body, your fat fingers covered with diamonds. I, I love you. That's easy enough to see. You're practically covered with them. If you don't mind my saying so, it's a bit sickening, almost as sickening as your laughter. Sir... In you, I see at last a man worthy of my medal. I will tell you something. When I first laid eyes on you, I knew you were my enemy. But I knew more than that. You are my enemy to the death. When our acquaintance is at an end, sir, one of us will not be alive. <laughs> Does that not amuse you? I've never been able to see anything amusing in death. That is unfortunate. But come, sir. Let us know one another better. Who are you? And why do you wear that gaudy costume, that red cape, that blue suit? I have a reason for wearing it, which we won't go into. As to who I am, I'm called Superman. So you are Superman? I've heard of you. Well, now I am flattered. Well said, sir. Well said. Superman. Perhaps that is my fate. 
Perhaps here stands before me the one being who will in the end defeat me. Ah, but no matter. Tell me, Superman, what are you doing here in my apartment? I followed your friend, Kilrain. Something happened this afternoon to some acquaintances of mine, something I didn't like. I decided I'd better investigate. Tell me about it. I think you know. However, just to be sure we understand each other, I'll go over it briefly. Editor Perry White of the Daily Planet is planning to leave tonight by plane to visit a friend of his who owns a hunting lodge in the Hudson Bay region of northern Canada. This friend, a man named Sebastian Beauvais, has called on White for help, help which he desperately needs. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Continue. Well, several friends of mine, Clark Kent and Lois Lane, both newspaper reporters, and probably a young boy named Jimmy Olsen, are going along with Mr. White. This afternoon, they visited a sporting goods shop to buy equipment that they'd need. While they were purchasing it, Kilrain came in and pretended he was interested in looking at some rifles. Quite by accident, one of the rifles went off, just as Kilrain was pointing it at Mr. White, not ten feet from him. <laughs> How unfortunate. How desperately unfortunate. It wasn't really, because the bullet somehow missed White, even at that close range. You mean the Perry White is not dead? Listen, boss, listen, I... Hey, Lafa, don't, don't get that look on your face. Do be quiet, Kilrain. Am I to understand that White is not dead, sir? You are. The bullet missed him. <laughs> odd. Extremely odd. It's the first time you've made a mistake in years, Kilrain. I don't understand it myself. Honest, I don't. I couldn't have missed him, and yet and I... And yet you did. Well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> Most unfortunate for you, Kilrain. Oh, listen, boss, I... Please, I... Needless to say, Kilrain... You'll suffer for this. Lapa, I tried my best. Quiet, you fool. <laughs> so then, Superman, you came here to force a confession from Kilrain? That's right. No need for a forced confession. No reason that I can fathom why you should not be told what you wish to know. Kilrain did attempt to kill Mr. White at my orders. You admit it? Why not? What can you do about it? Certainly you can't prove it. No, that's true, I can't. I haven't any proof as yet. <laughs> and you will never have any proof, Superman. Well, that's to be seen. Why do you want Perry White out of the way? Mr. White, I tell you in all honesty, will never reach Hudson Bay alive. Nor will Miss Lane, nor Mr. Kent, nor the young boy you mentioned. An unfortunate circumstance from your point of view. An amusing one from mine. Since I shall find extreme delight in devising means of keeping them out of Canada at the cost of their lives, if necessary. Why are you so anxious to keep them out of Canada? <laughs> you are very inquisitive, aren't you? Nothing but questions, questions, questions. Now, look here, I've had enough of this. You'll tell me what I want to know, or... <clears throat> Don't try to defend me, Kilrain. It isn't necessary. But he's got his hands on your throat. And I haven't even started. <laughs> of course you haven't. I can sense your fingers... Uh... Amazingly strong. You'll find out how strong unless you talk. What will you do? Kill me? You could do that easily. But where would he get you? Nowhere. Besides, I suspect you are not the killer type. You will inflict pain if necessary, but you will not kill. What are you driving at? If you would take your fingers from about my throat. <coughs> Thank you. I do find it easier to talk. <laughs> you ask me what I'm driving at. Simply this. It is my belief that I am possessed of the greatest brain in the world. You, by reputation, are the most powerful human ever created. 
We must try our strength against one another. Pit courage against courage, brain against brain, power against power. You're making a big mistake. You haven't a chance. <laughs> we shall see. You won't kill me, and no amount of pain inflicted will make me do your bidding. So then you must seek other means to destroy me. Clark Kent and Lois Lane and Editor Perry White leave tonight by plane for Ottawa? <laughs> I think not. For I shall think of some way of stopping them. Let us see if you can catch me before I catch them. It'll be a hard fight, but a merry one. Now shall I show you to the door? I'll leave the way I came, through the window. But I warn you, you'll suffer if anything happens to those people. It will be your job to see that nothing does. And so until we meet again, goodbye. Goodbye. Up, up, and away! <laughs> Great heaven. Did you see that, Kilrain? He actually flew out the window. Now, by heaven, that is the most amazing thing I've seen in years. <laughs> he actually flew out of the window. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> With his triple chins quivering, the strange diamond-studded creature gazes out the window at Superman's departing figure. But even as laughter rocks his huge body, his small, dark eyes narrow into ominous slits. Who is this man known only as the Laugher? Why is he trying to prevent Perry White from reaching Hudson Bay? This is no ordinary enemy Superman is pitted against. Be with us again tomorrow for another thrilling episode. Yes, and listen every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Tune in and follow the adventures of Superman. Fellows and girls, don't ever get the idea there's nothing you can do to help win this war. Because there's one important thing everyone can do. Buy war stamps regularly. Now, we've all heard news commentators speaking about inflation. And you and I know it's just another name for prices of goods going sky high. Just because everyone wants the same things and there aren't enough of them to go around. Now, one of the best ways to prevent inflation is to always stop and think before you buy anything. Ask yourself, do I really need this? If you don't and you go ahead and buy it anyway you may be preventing someone who does need it from buying it. So if you make a habit of thinking before you buy, you'll find you're saving quite a bit of money with which you can turn into war stamps. And remember the slogan that we've adopted. A stamp a day will pave the way to victory. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Follow the adventures of Superman every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Superman is directed by George Lothar and is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. This is Mutual. Mutual.